Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Let's go! Now, from the IMLD Home Studios, in its ninth season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Your football party is live with your hosts, Jay and Dre. Well, it's an abbreviated midweek party. We're on live for an hour recapping the events of week seven in the NFL and looking a little bit ahead to tomorrow night's mega big time Thursday night matchup. I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, But first, we will get to week seven this past Sunday. This is in much less detail the podcast. We are here with you live on a Wednesday night. October the 27th, 2021. I'm Dre, he's Jay, and I, I hear some company in the background. Uh, yeah, the, you know, kids are, uh, for something very weird with the schedule for my kids for school, is they have they didn't have school today, they don't have school tomorrow, they don't have school Friday, uh, so they have a five-day weekend, so I, I think it's, uh, so bedtime is being uh, arranged and negotiated right now. It's a negotiation every night at bedtime. <laughs> Trying, trying to get those two in that. bed. Yeah, yeah. So what? that's so. So there's some of that going. So if my mic, this mic must be really. I've got this wireless headset now, and uh, this mic must be really sensitive because, yeah, that's happening like way downstairs in the living room. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it sounded like they were right there, ready to, to jump on the show. No. So if you're hearing a little indistinct chatter uh, yeah. in the background, that's that's the kids uh, getting ready for bed. Okay. Uh, that is a that is a strange um, school sort of mandated outage. Oh, or whatever. I don't man. I don't yeah, remember a, ho- a Halloween break when we were kids. That's yeah, it's one. it's report card time. So I, I don't know why that means anything. I can remember just <laughs> you know we got our report card. Maybe you had a half yeah. a day for like reporting day, um, or whatever they did. called Sometimes it. You know, full yeah. day. No, five days off of school. Not five huh. days off. Of, you know what I mean. So they have yeah. a five-day weekend, basically, um, right going on right now. So it's part of the reason why I won't be on the show uh, this weekend is because we're taking advantage of, uh, you know, taking advantage of this to take them, take them away for a few days. Take take them, uh, we're taking them over to the lakeside, and I'm gonna go take them trick or treating. You know, there's there's a Halloween festival going on. So we've never done anything like that with the kids before because I, I can never remember them having a five-day Halloween break. <laughs> Right. It's also the oh. first, you know, first time for most of the, for both of them where they're old enough now where we've had a, a like a a weekend, uh, you know, a Saturday, Sunday, Halloween. Obviously, last year was surreal because yes, you know, we were in the, world in the middle there. of COVID. Yeah. Where I mean, you're watching where people were putting like candy shoots. Mm-hmm. Right. So they had these PVC pipes and they're like tossing the kids the candy and basically the kids would just put their bucket at the bottom of the 
of whether it was like they were using gutter or, or PVC pipe and the candy would just slide into it. Uh, I, I don't know how much of that we'll see this year, um, but that was there was a lot of that. It was 50-50 last year. There were some people that were doing that, and some people just like, you know, they opened up the door and threw the candy in there. So we didn't <laughs> yeah, have there's... a we didn't have a candy shoot at our house last <laughs> year. But we also, because we expected a lesser turnout for Halloween last year, got like big candy bars. So we weren't like giving away the little, you know, mini Snickers or we were actually giving them like full candy bars last year. That means you should have a long trail of people to come back to your house this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were, yeah, we're sort of 50, 50 because they do it for a set few amount of hours. And we are usually, we, we trick or treat with the kids for about the first hour, hour and a half of it. And then we come home and hand out candy for the last hour, hour and a half. Cause that's when the, like the older kids are out, like the more teenage age kids, Mm -hmm. once it gets dark out, are the ones that are out till the end. So it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, they're going to have a, they always get a lot of candy. Yeah. And then they pick through all the best stuff and I end up taking a huge bag of what they don't eat to work. Right. And, and just putting it on the desk at work. Cause all of us dirty salespeople can't take, we can't <laughs> say no to free food. You people, Ugh. you people. That's right. I, <laughs> Dirty, dirty. You people, you know what you're doing. You're selling products and Man. acting like you got the, the inventory, but That's you really right. don't. It's dirty. It's all a ploy. It is. It's all a, it's a dirty scam. Ponzi scheme. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, the books and the uh, memoirs and everything that's going to be written about uh, 2020 and all the things that happened uh, due to COVID. Social distant yeah. Halloween. That was uh, that was a thing for, for one year. Yeah. I, yeah, we won't get the we won't get the definite final analysis on this for a long time. This is they're going to be right. unpacking everything that we're going through uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as it biggest... evolves and continues, and uh, you know, with variants and all the social stuff that's going on, and you know, you know, every, every, all these different countries all handling it in different ways. So, yeah, we're not going to get any kind of a you know, accurate reporting on any of this stuff for for a long time. Yeah, it's the biggest thing that happened to to our lives. Uh, the things that happened right before we were born. I, I think about this. Uh, you know, we were it was uh, King assassinations before us, Kennedy yeah. was before us, uh, D Day was before us, obviously. Um, so there's all those things that yeah. everyone goes through in their life, and and can you know? Well, I remember back to so the things that we right. talked yeah, about. Yeah, we did live through like World War II, right? We didn't live right. through. Uh, you know, we were barely old enough that that we wouldn't even remember something like the the embargo or the gas shortage. You know, right? That was no, like the, the, 77, 78 time frame. So you know, like we were babies when the stuff mm-hmm. like that happened. You know, so yeah, we've had. We've had disaster. Obviously, we had 9/11, and we've had that was know, the biggest the nev- thing. It, and right, and that sort of springboarded us into this sort of never-ending war footing that we were on for for 20 plus years. Um, but it never really affected like at home. And this you know? affected. I mean, it it both did, things, yeah. but you know what I mean. It didn't really affect mm-hmm. the, no, like, the normal day to day for everybody. Obviously, we evolved into much more of a of a security state. Um. You know, that's how we'll show people who attacked us for our freedoms. We'll make us make ourselves less free. <laughs> Ha-ha, what you got now, terrorists? Uh, that um, uh, 
you know, that affected me. It changed my job. It, it yeah. in, vir- virtually ended uh, what my job or career was going to be. I was going to be on the trading floor until they threw me off because it was, yeah. you know, making pretty good money. But uh, right. the money just dried up right after 9-11. Everything changed yeah. and more, uh, like you said, more security, more uh, reasons to trade at home instead of going to a trading floor because you want to avoid something like 9-11 and well, and we also the technology there. evolved beyond yes, the point that, that you had to even. You don't have to be in person to do this stuff anymore. Exactly. So that that you and know, that and, probably would have happened to some extent anyway. But I it definitely got yeah. sped up after nine eleven. And 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 if um, you move beyond stocks now, and we get into twenty twenty one, now we're in you know this decade, and now it's starting to evolve into like you know with the Bitcoin and all the cryptocurrency. You don't even you can do you can be sitting in your underwear at two o'clock in the morning trading that stuff. Yeah, well, you, you could have been doing It's not like you have to worry a about a market that's going to open or close. Right. The, the, you know, the E-Trade and stuff, that's been around. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the yeah, crypto stuff is – that's yeah. I'm, that's wild. I feel like that's beyond me. <laughs> yeah, that's wild stuff. Obviously, you know, that's one of those where you feel like, wow, is this 10 years from now and we'll all be laughing about it? Or is it 10 years from now and everyone will be going, oh, I, I probably should have gotten in on that? Well, you know what? Everything is – there's an air of you should have gotten in early, be, either before it blows up or before oh, it right. collapses. Um, of course. That's either everything. way. That's risk. That's the yes. risk. That's right. That's like gambling. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Never yeah. never risk what you're not willing to lose. That's a good uh, theory in life and something that a lot of us could really uh, listen to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, don't mortgage your house, don't leverage your car, don't, you know, don't do any of that. If you're going to go up, if you're going to walk in, it's like, it's like playing in a casino, right? You walk, walk in with what you want to, what, you, what you're comfortable losing that, you know, and don't, oh man, I lost that too quick. And then you run to the ATM. The next thing you know, your, your $100 that you wanted to lose turns into $800. I just got bad flashbacks of uh, taking my rent money to the, uh, to the riverboat in Indiana uh, way oh. back in the day. Oh, I miss bad, those bad boats, memories. man. I don't. All you can eat, all you can eat crab on Monday nights. <laughs> uh, that I, you'll I be seeing which, all the way through Tuesday, man. I think that was the old Empress boat. I loved that. Yeah. I loved that boat, man. That was when they had it, where they'd only let you on every hour and a half. Yeah, certainly and if remember you, it's see, like on the five. Yeah, if you missed, they had literally like quote unquote launch times mm-hmm. because. The boat would – they would put the ramps down, and the boat would basically move like 10 feet away from the dock <laughs> so that it was legal uh, yeah. because then you were on the water. I remember when they had the boats uh, your way down in uh, Tunica. Those, they were all on those big barges, and every year they had to float the barge out 100 feet <laughs> just to prove that it was seaworthy, <sighs> and then you could how, call how, it a riverboat. How silly is that? Come on. Yeah, that's – like we're going to have a stupid rule, make you do all this right, ridiculous stuff, make you make a floating casino, and then make, a, make you prove to us every year that it can float 100 feet off the, off the dock. That is just as ridiculous as four or five, six-year-old brothers and sisters. I'm not hitting him. See, my face did not touch his face. I'm not actually hitting him. See, he it's, it's on, not on actually touching He's on my yeah. side. <laughs> That's just as silly. It really is. Yeah. You no, know, I remember going down there when it was in Hammond. They had the, mm-hmm. the. I remember making that trek. That was an experience getting to. 
Yeah, if you missed the 805 boat on uh, Empress, then yeah. uh, you catch the 905 boat on the on the Trump yeah. boat going out. And if you missed that, <laughs> well, we were you always wait for the 1005. That was where it was on our Monday. That was our uh, our Monday nights, though. Me and my uh, me and the me and the gang from the job on Monday nights, we'd get off work. You know, I I would get off work at you know 3:30 on a lot of the excuse me on a lot of four o'clock on a lot of those days, and then. Most of the people that we all went with, they'd all get off work at you know five o'clock, and one of somebody was calling me to go to the boat, yep. and we'd go no, and we'd play roulette. And play, that's where I learned how to play craps. Yeah, that was my first experience at a, at a blackjack table. Me yeah. and uh, Dave, the movie expert, and, and our former friend oh, Rory, yeah. and yeah, man, the beginner's luck. Forty-five minutes, oh, yeah. and I was up two hundred some dollars. And I thought, yep. oh man, and you're this hooked. is what this I'm going to be doing. Easy. This is yeah. easy. Yeah. Yeah. Though I, uh, I can remember because back in those days, I mean, this is late '90s. You know, we were going yeah. and doing this late '90s, early 2000s that we were going and doing this, and I was just exclusively uh, tables. I didn't, I didn't play slots. Slots were beneath. You know, table players looked down on the slot players, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, where now I play more slots. So I don't wow. play the tables as much, but that's also I, I told you like how the, the like the craps is now the trouble bubble, and <laughs> right the, the roulette is basically like just a wheel that spins around. It's like the sorry spinner, not the sorry uh, you know the life like the game of life. You just spin the thing. It's basically just turned it all into a video game. So there's no you don't have that interaction. You're not you know a lot of playing at a table playing blackjack you know playing craps was the the hype, you know, the interaction, you know, and even I remember you and I playing the ultimate in Vegas, right? It was the table. It was the yeah. energy and there's just, it, it, it's all sanitized and it's all removed from it now. Even the dealers are like video women. Oh no. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, that, that sounds awful. I have no yeah. interest in doing anything like that. Yeah. Cause you just, you would get a, you'd get a feel, you know, like if you're playing craps, you always, like, you had all the good luck, bad luck signs. Like, if somebody threw the dice and the dice left the table, leave. That's a bad <laughs> luck sign. That was always, like, you just start to pick up on these things, you know, or in roulette where you would see these numbers that would repeat a lot, you know, and you'd always play the last number because there's, even though it's the 1 in 36 or 38 chance, numbers repeat a lot on roulette. You just don't see that as much on the, you know, on the, automated on the, dome, on the dome, yeah. It's like, remember the old hockey game, the hockey mm-hmm. video game? It's in that kind of a dome. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't ever go, every boat that I've been on, the, the four carnival ones and then this uh, Virgin Voyages, mm-hmm. the uh, Tex, uh, Texas Hold'em is not with cards. It's a, it's a video poker, and I can't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. I can't sit down no. at that. There's, I mean, I don't want to no. accuse the world of being crooked, but there's just no... no way but, to know if you sit down at a video table if the four people across from you are all employees of the boat and the and the game is rigged. You have no it, idea. I'm sorry. You don't even know that when you hold the cards, but you are holding the but cards. At least you're right? holding you are, the cards. You yeah. are holding in your hands. You you feel like you have control. Even though you have none. Yeah. You you want to see you want to know that those cards are all down on the table if you're playing like hold them. And that card has been there the whole time. It's not some randomly generated video game card that could be anything. 
I can't trust that. I'm sorry. I just can't. Yeah. No, I'm if, with you. If, Maybe we're if you old, rip me but... off uh, putting cards in the air and somehow rigging it that way, if you if you rip me off that way, I, I, I'll tip my hat. Right. And, you know, you, you you got me. But uh, the video thing, there's there's no way to possibly know how legit that is. So I just even black. I shy away every those. time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so, video poker. I mean, I can't play video poker. No. I, that, the, I, the, you want to talk? You want to talk about the one like slot type game? that just goes out of its way to screw you is video <laughs> poker. Oh, I was one card away from the Royal Flush again. Yeah. Oh, if I just would have held that two, uh-huh. I didn't know that those next three cards I was going to be dealt were all twos <laughs> while I'm sitting on a pair of kings. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that happened, That didn't that just happen five hands ago? Wait a minute, that happened again? <laughs> wow, how, how interesting is that? Yeah. Huh. Uh, so yeah, we we don't we don't trust either one of those. Uh, no. I'm now I'm the one clearly avoiding talking about what happened in week seven, but you're the one that should be celebrating. You should be uh, I, coming out of the mouth with all sorts of analysis I, and insight about week I seven. I tell you what, you were the man. I'm letting it breathe. I'm letting it breathe. <laughs> I'm waiting. You know, because the more and more that we just go, the more I know that the, the better the humble pie tastes. Well, there's there's no avoiding it. So yeah, I'll, you I'll just, you 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 called it uh, you called it whoop ass Sunday, and I, I'm yeah. guessing you had some double meanings on that. Uh, yeah, the uh, the the games themselves. It's only yeah. one Sunday game out of all those Sunday games uh, ended within one possession. Only one. Yeah. All the other yeah, ones. It, it, if That's, if our I don't know if I've ever if, seen that. I don't know if we've ever even had a week either where there were so many lopsided games and then the week that we had mirrored the results on the field. Uh, no, I I am absolutely I, – I will take 10-3 and three and getting five games back on you any time I can get. Especially, and that, This is one of those I needed this, you know, because I was 12 back. Mm-hmm. And it was starting to feel like, uh-oh, is this, is this starting to slip away? Is this starting to get yeah. away from me? And trying yeah, to run I mean, away. It was starting to get a little ugly. I was taking some bad beats. I mean, but I, you know, I didn't panic. And thankfully, uh, the results went my way. And none of them were cheap either. I don't <laughs> think there were really any losses that I hung on you where you'd be like, oh, man. You, you know, where you, they, were, see, they were pretty uh, legit. <laughs> Chicago by 35. Yeah, I can't argue against that one. Uh, Philly lost by 11. No, that, was, that wasn't uh Giants beat Carolina twenty-five to three. No, that yeah. was that's pretty legit. Uh, Green Bay all over Washington uh, by by two touchdowns. Um, and what's the fifth one? Oh, the Thursday nighter. The Thursday um, night game. Yeah, that was the probably the one where you had the most legitimate beef because that was just kind of bogus. That that was Denver. Like, what are you doing? But the second uh, stringers of the Browns beating the Broncos. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much that was and it was an ugly game and there was weather and you know we talked about that game when we did the recap. You know, little did I know that that was gonna you know turn into us going head to head in four on Sunday on four games and I was gonna get them all. So I will I'll take it. All. It doesn't it doesn't prove any geniusness. It just it it just gets me back in the game. I dealt myself back in basically because <laughs> you know that that goes the other way. I'm 17 back oh. and it's over. You it's know, all over. That I mean, point. obviously, we could have because of our system, we could end up having some 
you know, uh, playoff shenanigans and, and I get hot in the play. But, yeah, no, I, I really needed to, to pick up a chunk back, you know, if, if by any stretch I end up turning this thing around and uh, end up with a season victory, I will probably point back to this week seven and go, that, right there, <laughs> that was – that was the make or break time. Not to be hyperbolic, but it's no. A you'd have to point to chunk. it. it was, it's a turning point, right? It's absolutely a turning point to go from twelve down to me to seven just like that in in one week. That's uh, pretty. That's pretty amazing. So yeah, yeah. All you figure to you. our swings. Our swings are normally one to two on average, right. or just yeah. or nothing. You know, I would say if we go back historically and look at our weeks where we differ, three quarters of the time it's somewhere in that zero to two range. Right. You know, yeah. you pick up a game, you lose a game, you pick up one or two, you know, we, every once in a while we have those fours. I remember a couple of times we've had nines and, you know, in that range, uh, I think it was the first ever show we did. Mm-hmm. The first ever podcast that we did uh, when we finally went on the radio where I hung one of those on you. And, uh, you know, but as and, and you think about that, that was the season. I, I just, that was it. Right. Never I gave could never make that up. Yeah. So to get five back in one week is rare, um, especially five and O, oh, you know, that I could see it if it was a seven and two where we disagreed on a ton of games, but to only disagree on five and have all five go one direction does, doesn't happen much. So yeah, I, I appreciate it, but I'm definitely not going to gloat because I'm still seven down. L after L after L. I, I just, I just kept taking it. Um, so puts me for the season at 60 and 46 with the one push. You're now right dead smack down the middle. Another Bill Alfonso right down the middle. That brought you all the way back to 500 from the, the depths of the first part of the season. You're yeah, now that was, even yeah. on the year at 53 and 53. So, but again, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fight again here. Yeah. So that obviously pulls your percentage down, putting up a, a five and eight. Oh yeah. And, uh, from the five ninety here we are we're, you know we're seven weeks in you you are you're still riding really high. I'm pissing and moaning about how terrible my season is, and I'm still five hundred, which is yeah. we've always said the gold standard right it, that's the hardest thing to do is to be five hundred plus and as terrible as my season's been and as good as yours has been, we're both at or above five hundred so we we both have something to be proud of that's one way of yeah. looking at it. Uh, it's it's tough to do 500 picking every single game. That's the caveat for any. Just in case there's a new listener or two uh, that come in, we, we pick every we pick every single game. We don't cherry pick and say this is our five locks of the week. We don't do anything like that. Yeah, this is every game, and because you don't know which is you know which game should take more precedent over the other, we just say fuck it. We're picking them all, and we we measure up our percentage at the end of the year, picking every single game, not cherry picking, and then go from there with our our playoff point system. I, we think that's the fairest way to do it. That's how we've been doing it since we were children, and that's how we're going to continue to do it, because that's the yeah. uh, the best way as far as we're concerned. And so, uh, look, if we're going to break down the games, especially any of the ones that we disagree on, your closest chance for a win was, well, honestly, it was the Washington-Green Bay game. Um, I'm glad you said that. Washington, the- Washington lived in – the Packers had the worst red zone defense in the league, they had not – every time a team got into the red zone on the Packers so far, they had scored a touchdown through the first six games. Washington got there six times, got a field goal. 
Yeah. And again, I won the pick. So this has nothing to do with me winning or losing the pick. The thing that Washington did and would have driven you, I don't know if you watched it, but the thing that would have driven you mad was the thing I have been picking on teams for about the panic in the red zone. That should be a, a, like the name of a band or something, right? We, you yeah, know. that does sound like a music group. Yeah. So <laughs> they get down there and they just keep forcing these, these fourth down plays and they just keep going for it and going for it and going for it. And you're Washington and you just keep getting to the red zone and you keep leaving points on the field and turning it back over to Green Bay over and over and over. Washington moved the ball between the 20s with ease. They had no problems getting down there. And then once they actually got there, they just kept falling apart. And it wasn't that they were missing, you know, just missing field goals left and right. I know there was a, uh, there was a two series back to back where both teams blocked a field goal, but you can't get into the red zone six times and come away with three points because the one touchdown they scored was a 40 yard bomb. So um, the only touchdown they got came from 40 yards away. They get inside the 30, inside the 26 times, and come away with three points. That That's a recipe for disaster. So did Green Bay impress me? No. But they took advantage of a team that just kept losing their minds and, and, and you know, panicking, panicking the red zone. They're coming out with their hot song this week, number yeah. four on the charts, up three spots from number seven. Here's Panic me, in the Red Zone. <laughs> Panic in the Red Zone. That, to me, felt like your most – that was the closest result you had. Was the rest of them, there was there was nothing other than Philadelphia trying to scare some garbage. So Philadelphia is the garbage time team in the <laughs> league. They, that's all they do is try to come back and blow covers late, and they were so far behind the – the Raiders, they couldn't even do that. But no, this Washington one, if I was on the other side and this pick was flipped, that game would have driven me nuts. Yar. Um, I'm glad you're the one that brought that up. Um, this was the uh, game in our market, so I watched the entire thing. Um, and I get a little bit. <laughs> it was one of the strangest games I've ever seen in my entire life. It was one of the strangest football games I've ever seen because Washington, as you I've already pointed out, kept taking the ball camping. right to the edge of glory, I, right I, up I, to the edge. I tell my coworker, you know, we were watching the highlights, and I had my red zone going, and it was on the TV at the other end of the of the store. But, yeah, Washington was camping in the yeah. Packers' end of the field. Repeatedly. Kept taking it to the edge and repeatedly mm-hmm. kept coming up short. And, of course, the one uh, – the, the worst of it would be the one that would have given me the cover – is the Taylor Heineke run the, where Beerman had a touchdown where he was scrambling and broke to the end zone and there was nobody there. He would have walked in and yep. absolutely scored, except for no reason at all, he decided to dive for the end zone and his knee hit before the ball crossed. And even though there were no tacklers around him, the rule is now, I don't know when they changed this, but the rule is if you're a quarterback because they got to protect the quarterback at all costs, yeah. If you're a quarterback and you dive, wherever your knee hits, you're dead. You're down, and yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, they, they consider that giving yourself up. So, therefore, he was ruled down at, like, the six-inch line, even though he easily rolled into the end zone because there was nobody near him. So, okay, no problem. Fourth down, we're just going to go for it, and he's going to sneak it in. Except, oh, look, again, second week in a row, a quarterback thinks he's going to sneak a, a touchdown in, 
and the the defender whaps the ball out of his hand before he can even get, uh, reach it across the goal line, and right. therefore uh, it's not a touchdown. And that was even more excruciating than the uh, diving forward for no reason because uh, Heineke recovered the bobble or the fumble and stuck the ball over the goal line, except now the ball is ruled that you can't advance it because now he's fumbled it. Officially, if you're, fumble, if you're a quarterback and you fumble or any player and you fumble the ball on fourth down, you can't then advance it. So now he can't stick it over the goal line, even though he recovered the fumbles. So it's like, oh, my God, how many ways can you score a touchdown without scoring a touchdown? And right. uh, the Washington Potato Skins just discovered ways to score without actually scoring, and they kept returning to the end zone and kept not scoring again. And, and it's just – that's one of the strangest games I've, I've seen. I've really, I really – I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, that's the only game I have any uh, beef uh, as to whether – uh, I could have had a chance to, to cover that number if they get that touchdown or any of the other touchdowns. Yeah, that covers the number. And, and yeah, I agree with your assessment in general that uh, the Packers, despite winning by 14 points, weren't very impressive. And I said uh, before the game that they haven't been all that impressive on the year despite winning every game since their opening day loss. And that's why I picked Washington to cover the number. And I, by all rights, I, they should have. And I should have gotten that pick. But yeah. I didn't, so all the you bad luck you've had this year, I can't uh, possibly complain. You just took what I was going to say. That's mm-hmm. what I've been saying for the last six weeks. Like, I was right. Like, all these picks, <laughs> I'm losing these picks, but I was right. And yeah. it's, it's nice to hear it coming from the other way. We, we, we've talked about this. Like, it does turn, right? All the bad luck I was having, you were going to have to experience some of that. Because you watched that game. I watched that game. And I'm like, man, Andre was right. But I won the pick. <laughs> <laughs> so... You and know, Washington kept pressuring Aaron Rodgers yeah. and looking like the D okay. from last year, and they were taking yeah. turns, popping Aaron Rodgers and one D yeah. lineman after that. I'm like, okay, this is the Washington D that I remember. So here we go. Now they're coming and doing what they're supposed to do, and then Rodgers will go downfield and then bust them. I agree with you 100%. Like, oh. In the moral wins column, you get a point. <laughs> Unfortunately, those don't count for, for the postseason or any of that, but yeah, no, all, all the rest of the games that we disagreed on were, weren't close. Uh, no. You know, Carolina is in full meltdown mode. Um, Why the fuck just, did I pick was, them? I called them frauds <laughs> loudly and then picked them anyway. Why which did I is do funny, that? Which is funny because when I made my pick, I predicted that you would pick Carolina after you trashed them so hard and you just played right into it. And yeah, right trashed, where, where you them, me. trashed them in the recap part of the show. And then just jumped right back on board. So I because the Giants are going to let their fans down. Man, no Carolina, paper champions, and they oh sure looked gosh. like it. they got a they got a field goal and went home. <laughs> that was they it. stopped. That's it. <laughs> uh, there was it was also it wasn't just whoop ass Sunday. It was uh, the Heisman election Sunday because a couple of the guys made some plays that you usually call in college when you're trying to get a guy yeah. eligible for the Heisman. You you want to put it on his highlight reel. Oh, see, he he, he, he runs, but he can also pass, or he can pass, uh-huh. but he can also catch. So that was one of them where Danny Dimes made a one-handed grab on some kind of trick play yeah. uh, for, for his Heisman moment, and he got crushed, and he should have because that's some bullshit. <laughs> Why are you running out and running uh, pass patterns like you're a receiver? Right. And then uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, was the other one uh, drawing another touchdown pass like he did in the playoff game a couple years ago. So uh, Derek Henry for, for Heisman. Same play to, too, you know, yeah. takes that wildcat, takes the wildcat snap when Tannehill runs out wide and then starts running like he's going to run it in. 
and then just pulls and just up stops and, and says, just, whoop. Yeah. That was a Tebow toss. That's basically what it looked like. That little yeah. Tebow toss right there. That, that, that was the Tebow play, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many That's times? Awesome. I mean, Tebow probably half his touchdowns in Florida were that exact touchdown pass. <laughs> Yeah, always cute when an NFL team tries to to win the Heisman. And I I guess it did exactly what they intended to do because the fans started chanting MVP right after he did that. So I guess that was their, you know, their way of saying, hey, our our show, our guy. We were were lamenting, we were lamenting Derrick Henry not getting out of uh, MVP talk and he, and he really should. And so it's funny in that game against the the, uh, Kansas City Chiefs that the Titans uh, dominate, but. Derrick Henry doesn't really dominate the, the Kansas City. If they did one thing right, is is actually uh, attack yeah, the, the running game and 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 hold Derrick Henry, uh, bo- yeah, bottle him up as much as possible. Uh, so he throws a touchdown pass anyway. So he, he makes yeah. an impact even when you when he doesn't make a running impact. Uh, so yeah, that, that's what an MVP is supposed to do, right? But yeah, the what the Chiefs, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, we were, I mean, we were on board the decline and, and them looking bad. And then we, we predicted it. Uh, neither one of us locked it up. You said you might have, uh, but I think you just didn't want to keep locking in the Titans. Yeah. That would have um, been three in a row. I couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe next year, just, just for our own benefit, we come up with a, a rule where we, you know, you can't use the same team back to back. Cause I was doing it with Pittsburgh last year. Hey. I four out of my first six games. I had the Steelers as a lock of the week. Uh, before we realized they were total frauds, but um, but you worked it, and, and, and it worked. I did. I worked it. So no, I mean you obviously didn't lock them up. Uh, you had the convincing Atlanta lock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. T- uh, Kansas City's Patrick Mahomes' uh, first start without a touchdown, and, and game in a row with a pick. And uh, yeah. All- all sorts of other ter- terrible numbers and, and trends that he's putting up right now. So um, I saw today, since you're a PFF guy, I saw today yeah. PFF said that Mahomes is six uh, six turnover worthy uh, throws so far. So throws that should have resulted in interception, he has six of them, which makes him tied with Rodgers and Herbert and like a lot of other good quarterbacks. But he actually leads the league in picks. So maybe maybe his mom was right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and all of these, all of these shouldn't be on him, but they're finding ways to turn over the ball in bunches. And what we say when we made the pick, you can't be that terrible on defense and turn the ball over that much and be that sloppy and expect a positive outcome. And yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee, talk about having some quality wins. Uh, sure. yeah, Tennessee putting, uh, putting a nice little resume together. They started kind of slow. A lot of teams. I mean, we're obviously you're playing through your preseason now when you start the season, and now you're starting to see teams kind of rounding into form. And Tennessee's right where they should be. Mm-hmm. Kansas City yeah, they, ain't. No, definitely not. Now the Titans uh, were staring 0-2 in the face in, in Seattle. I remember that where they kind of uh-huh. woke up and said, uh, "What's our identity? Oh, this big bastard in the backfield. Let's go. Yep. Let's ride him." Uh, the extremely rare uh, comeback victory from double digits where you ride the running back uh, uh, coming back to victory uh, that right there showed what they were and who they were. And then they kind of remembered that and got back to it. And they've been doing what they've supposed to do ever since. So they remembered they're the Titans. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. We're the Titans. 
So all praise to them. Uh, but of course, the story of the game is is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, yeah. This and one, then of course, gets dumplings at the end of that game ooh, too. Got knee to the head like he's a yeah. like he was in a wrestling match. That was nasty. That was like um, thigh pad bending his head back too. I mean, it yeah, was, just the head snapping back right away. I mean, oh. I just sent you that Mahomes is dumplings. You knew exactly what I meant. So yes, I, I didn't see it live because I was watching the Packers. Uh, potato skins game, but I went back and watched the uh, Titans Chiefs game later on, and yeah, well, I watched half the game because there's really no point in watching most of the second half. But that, yeah, I did see that play, and yeah, that was that was nasty. Um, so the bit of of uh, Chiefs football that I did watch in that first half, and what my assessment would be as to what their problem is, um, is unfortunately to me it looks as simple as Pat's not Pat right now, and to me that's coaching the the coaches at that point have to step in because you've seen Patrick Mahomes ever since he came into the league uh do things that you don't normally see quarterbacks do almost right. like he was going on uh natural athletic ability instead of you know game plan and scheming because he didn't have to be schemed and coached up he was that damn good of an athlete that he could just kind of wing it and go on the seat of his pants. And it took him extremely far. It took him to a, a world title. It took him to a, a second Super Bowl. It took him to a, a half a billion dollar contract. And so there's no reason for him in his mind to go off of that right now. But right, but right now, he has to go off of that because it's not working. Uh, that That's a very thin line to play that type of football. You need confidence. You need help around you talent-wise. Um, and you need the, the right coaching and game plan. And if you don't have the confidence, which he does not have, he clearly doesn't have, he is double pumping and triple pumping. He's not trusting his eyes. He's not trusting his, maybe he's not trusting his talent. Maybe the the guys on the field aren't where they're supposed to be. We've already known throughout the years, there's only really two guys that he actually trusts uh, in that lineup, which would be Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And if you, if you're a smart defense and we'll get to, not so smart defenses in a minute when we talk about the Ravens, but if you're a smart defense and you find a way to take away Kelsey and Hill, he clearly doesn't want to really go to the other guys. And I don't know if it's because they're not where they're supposed to be, or he just doesn't trust them, but he is just not trusting anything right now. And that to me is where coaching where Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy have to step in and say, okay, if we have to take you by the hand and script out the first 30 plays of the game instead of 15 or the first 45 plays and say, okay, you're going to go here, and then the next play you're going to go there, and then next play you're going to five-step drop and slant to Tyreek, and next play after that you're going to seven-step drop and in-cut to, to Travis Kelsey, and don't look for you know second or third. If you got to do it like that, then that's what you got to do because right now you can't do it the way – he can't do it the way he usually does it, which is just kind of – go out there and whatever is open, he just he's going to hit it, whether it's 60 yards downfield or right in front of him. And if it's not open, he's going to improvise and run to the left and throw back to the right and do whatever he He can't do that right now. He, that's, that's an yeah. incredible, insane amount of confidence that you have to have in yourself to do that type of stuff. He doesn't have that confidence right now. Clearly, uh, he doesn't trust what's going on out there. And that, to me, is where coaching needs to step in and, and sort of baby him, unfortunately. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are victims of their own success. You think about that Super Bowl run they had where they're getting down these huge numbers and they they just, oh, just turn it on, right? And we're going to come back and you kind of had that. You knew you were going to win. It's a very dangerous way to play football because 
it's evening out, right? It's it's you're not coming back from all of these big deficits. We saw this with this team last year. We were a little worried about it. They look bored. They're, you know, you they'd only get up for the big game. So you, now that we have the hindsight, you're looking back into going, oh, it, it, maybe it's starting to make some sense. And then you add that to your point, you know, that Mahomes isn't just being able to get it done with just the raw ability alone, and maybe there's a deeper problem. But that we've seen the symptoms of this disease beginning all the way even back during their Super Bowl. They were that damn good. And Mahomes was that good that they could get down 21 or 17 and, and no problem. Flick the switch and we're just going to go, you know, we're going to get these big plays and we're going to get the ball back on defense and we're going to turn these huge deficits into into victories. This team's not very good on defense. This team can't get down and come. This isn't a team that's honestly built to come back. No, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, so they start the so they're they're notoriously slow starters, and now it's just lasting for sixty minutes instead of thirty. And uh, every good team they've played this year has beaten them pretty well. You said they're not very good on defense. Boy, howdy, DFL. Oh my God, oh, they got to be DFL. Awful. We're pretty close uh, to it. Yeah, probably uh, total yeah. defense. That little, sorry, a little, little little understatement theater uh, <laughs> right there. No, the Chiefs are putrid. Huh? I mean, we talked about this when we made the pick. Yeah, they can't come back, and they can't they can't beat good teams. This is not a recipe for success. They're staring up, I think, at everybody in their division right now. <laughs> yeah, at this point. Yeah, uh, and that's I mean, incredible that's to up think at about. Chargers, that. The Raiders, uh, it, it, maybe not the Broncos. The Chiefs right. probably end the season, probably end the season better than the Broncos, probably yet better than the Raiders. I don't know if the Raiders have the legs, but uh, you can't give up too many games to the Chargers, a team that's already beat you like a drum once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got to do something. Yeah, uh, Flipping the switch works until it doesn't, and that's what you're seeing right now. Uh-huh. And- yeah, sometimes you flip like- the switch and the power doesn't turn. You know, Sometimes the, the engine doesn't turn, and you go, oh, uh-oh. Yeah, sometimes you flip the switch and it's Commonwealth Edison, and that means you're going to have a blackout for a while. <laughs> and it's about what it looks like right now. They they got they need some cream puffs. They, they right they they you need they need to play somebody that they can just beat the living crap out of and and try to get right. And uh, they got the Giants this week. Maybe that's the team. There you go. That, that should do it. The second best quarterback uh, in football, Danny Dine. Mm, I can't believe they said that. That, that somebody yep. paid them to say that. But you, you talked about the uh, you talked about Baltimore. That was the game I was texting you about. That was the reverse sunning, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. you like, like to Buffalo go, to Kansas City, right? Man, because it wasn't supposed to go like that. No, no. The, the sun stood up and said, uh, "Dad." We're bigger than you right now, and we're going to smack you down. Um, yeah. So are the, it, it, are the is, Bengals legit? Uh, That's everyone's uh, question coming out of that, because, man, they, they sure uh, look like it. They sure look like it. Oh, I, um, I said that, too. Yeah, but Jamar Chase, uh, he, he looks pretty good. This Burrow to Chase thing seems to be working. Uh, not bad. Uh, especially if you don't tackle record? Especially if you're playing the Benny Hill defense and you have three guys <laughs> trying to tackle him who all come up empty. <laughs> and none of them tackle him. Man, I saw none that play. I was like, are you kidding me? Just a little, <laughs> you know, 15-yard dump over the middle. Three dudes. Yeah, three dudes come to tackle him. 
and speed up the film because there goes Jamar Chase. <laughs> Here comes the guy in the bear suit. <laughs> the half-naked lady. That is some Betty Hill defense right there. That's so hey. Ravens. Uh, yeah, that too. Um, and, and the other problem that I had with that, it wasn't just the fact that they couldn't run down the guy. They had. When they had the chance to run him down and they couldn't do it, but the, before that, the, the the coverage, what did I say? Uh, what the, the Ravens should do defensively in this game. They should blitz like they always blitz because uh, Joe Burrow has been so great against blitzes, but this isn't any ordinary blitz. This is Queen Martindale and the Ravens blitz, <laughs> yeah. which, which usually, yeah, usually uh, re- results in making a young quarterback uh, look silly. But whatever you do behind that blitz, you need to make sure that there's at least two guys looking out for Jamar Chase because just one isn't going to cut it. And unfortunately, Apparently the problem three, he wasn't cutting it either. Uh, but before he gets to that point, the reason he's able, the reason Burrow's able to get that ball out to him and so comfortable going for him is because uh, apparently for most of that game, I was listening to a podcast say that they were singling him. They were so confident. Uh, actually, Burrow was saying it in the post game press conference that they were so confident in uh, Humphrey single covering Jamar Chase because oh, they always. They always have Humphrey yeah. single cover whoever because he's so good. Well, this isn't the same uh, guys that he normally single covers. This is yeah. Jamar did something about that combination. Yeah, it's uh, Joe Burrow to Jamar says you need to uh, do something about that and, and make sure that you got more than one guy looking at Chase. Uh, really, just like Blake to Pickens uh, when you think about it. I know they're in the same uniform, so it's easy to make that comparison. But right. Uh, Pickens was not is not in the Hall of Infamy. The reason Pickens uh, is in the uh, Hall of Infamy with, with Blake is because he's not in the actual Hall of Fame because he wasn't that good. But there's something about that combination when they got together. Uh, if you didn't have a couple of guys looking out for Pickens, he was that damn good, and he would exploit you. And uh, that was your go-to pick back in the in the day in the '90s. Uh, Cincinnati over the, the Steelers because they were always big underdogs, but Blake the Pickens just kept working because the Steelers yeah. couldn't cover it. They'd and drop it simil- on twice every game, and you'd got yourself either a straight-up win or a cheap cover. Mm-hmm. And similarly, uh, Burrow to Chase. I don't know what Chase's future is going to be or Burrow. Maybe they will be Hall of Famer someday, but right now you have to look out for them as a special duo, not just, oh, they're pretty good. They're, they're, right now they're the best like you got to make sure you got to make sure that there's multiple people on chase because Burrow is, you have to make Burrow beat you with someone other than him. I don't understand why the Ravens didn't do that. It's, it's just mind blowing. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the exact stat, but it was something along the lines of uh, Marlon Humphrey. It, right. In, in yeah. one on, in man on man coverage, I believe uh, they were six for six for 137 yards or something like that against single coverage. Which means get out of man coverage. Toast, toast. That's Do some, something that's other some than man. Stinson defense right there. Oh, and that's their guy. That's the guy that yeah. they trust to do that. And Chase yeah. was just burning them. That's the guy who calls out Lamar Jackson every time they lose a playoff game. That guy <laughs> who just got torched. Uh, we talked about how last year when the Ravens played Joe Burrow, they sacked him seven times. Uh, they got him once. Yeah. No, it was the other way. So, the, the the unheralded Bengals defense got Lamar yeah. five times. 
which yeah. is hard to understand because how uh, elusive Lamar usually is. But uh, they they did a great job of, of surrounding him and taking him down. But so I got to credit the Cincinnati defense, Trey Hendrickson, and those guys. Uh, they got after it. So that's the the part of the Bengals that doesn't get talked about uh, with the uh, the focus on Burrow and Chase, which is a great combination. But the the, the Bengals, the defense, they're, they're part of it. If they go on to keep having success and, and make a playoff run, it's probably uh, going to be that defense that leads them to it because, again, eventually, don't you got to shut down Chase and make sure that Burrow beats you with someone other than Jamar Chase? It just it yeah. makes all the sense in the world to me. And in, and in the mean, and what we're not talking about, we're talking about Jamar Chase, and then we're talking about the connection, but uh, Joe Burrow went for 416. Sure. And, and you know, 520 with, with, yards with, of offense. With almost uh, with almost an eleven yards per attempt, your favorite stat. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's, a, that's big time. Yeah, just under eleven. Now they're not. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna do that all year. But whatever they have working, it, it's all working right now. Yeah, five and uh, two. I who knew? I didn't see it come. But look, four okay, four sixteen. Two oh one to chase, all right. So yeah. the rest of the the rest of the game two fifteen. That's not very impressive, all right. No, not when you at all. combine it with with chase, that makes it a monster game. But that again, my whole point: find some way to shut down chase and make him beat you with other. If he goes for three hundred to the other guys and one hundred to chase, I'm actually more impressed by that than just keep <laughs> throwing it to chase and letting him burn everybody. Right. Like you gotta you yeah. gotta make. Someone else beats you other than other than him. Yeah, this wasn't the this wasn't the 2016 Falcons offense where 11 guys caught the ball. This was five this guys did all the damage. Five. Yeah, one of them for 200. This, that's more like for, uh, yeah. the Lions with, with Megatron. They'd, Stafford would go for 450, you know and 300 of it would be the Megatron. You know, the other thing you got to look at too, if you're the Ravens, is yeah, that's great that Lamar Jackson ran for 88 yards. Uh, all your running game outside of Lamar Jackson, uh, 27 yards. Ooh, not, not good. Yeah, no, that, that, that's not good at all. When you go four for 14 for Freeman, Tyson, Tyson, I don't know. They put the apostrophe in his name, so I don't know how you say it. Two for 10, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, five rushes for five yards. That's the, uh, Jerome Bettis line, except Bettis would have had three <laughs> touchdowns. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Duver- Duvernay lost some yardage. I'm assuming on like a jet sweep type play, but uh, yeah, not not good for the Ravens, and uh, they got completely housed in their own building. The reverse sunning. I don't understand it. So that's the story of every game on Sunday, except for one was teams getting housed in, yeah. in myriad different ways. Um, yeah, the. Uh, Bears Buccaneers game is the other one that I watched, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, you were texting me about that one, and uh, I can't even imagine what your feelings are right now about Matt Nagy and and that Justin Fields led offense because that's uh, that that's a dumpster fire. So there's a lot of blame to go around, and it, it's so bad that there seems to be like camps being formed. Uh, as I read online, I'm you know I'm following probably more Chicago sports writers uh, than most others, just being from Chicago and being such a Chicago sports fan. And they're trying to like divide things up as to how much to blame Nagy and how much to blame Justin Fields himself, some of his bad play. Uh, there's it. You can go 
in a whole lot of ways with that. You don't have to just blame one or the other. Matt Nagy is, is getting uh, chewed out nationally and, and getting embarrassed for not using the obvious physical gifts that Justin Fields has, which is the reason you drafted him in the first damn place. Uh, but he doesn't seem to know how to put any game plans together to take advantage of that, which is really sad. Uh, but it's it's not getting ignored. It's getting uh, exposed and wondered about by national writers. So he's getting uh, uh, embarrassed, and I think uh, that's about the only thing that's going to make Virginia McCaskey wake up from her, her slumber and do anything about it is if you get enough national embarrassment, she eventually is going to have to come downstairs and, and make a decision. Uh, so I'm glad for that. And also, Justin Fields has that low AWR we were talking about last week with some <laughs> other players. Like, son, get oh, the yeah. fuck out of the way. When they're coming at you, when you see a guy, uh, this isn't blindside sacks that he was getting uh, stripped by the Buccaneers. It was guys coming uh, from his front side uh, and coming around the corner, and he's just still standing there patting the ball like he doesn't expect anyone. Like, how do you not see the guy coming around the corner and beating your right tackle easily and, and about to come eat your face? How do you not see that? He con- it continues to not see that. And I understand he's a, a complete rookie and, uh, you know, very few games under his belt. I, I yeah. Believe me, I understand And that, he's had but... to play a couple of ferocious defenses already. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you're getting, you're cutting your teeth against you know Miles Garrett one day and uh, now Jason Pierre-Paul and, and the Buccaneers D another day and yeah it, absolutely uh, some of the best pressure lines in the league no doubt about that but someone that fast someone that's got that kind of athleticism I would think would be a little more aware I, if I were Fields I would err more on the side of oh he keeps running away and he keeps taking off too soon he needs to stay yeah. more in the pocket. But he's not doing that. He's more in the pocket, much more than he needs to be, and he's not using his own athleticism right now. So there's blame on him, and there's also blame on Nick. Obviously, clearly needs to be calling more plays where he's outside of the pocket and, and able to use his speed and athleticism. Yeah. At one point, you were talking about a team play in cocky. Uh, at one point, you don't even see this play anymore. Uh, the Bucks sent Antoine Winfield on just a straight corner blitz. The Bears didn't pick that up either. Of course not. Because they know <laughs> he, he isn't going to see it coming anyway. So what, yeah. what the hell? I, I kind of feel bad for Fields. I told I felt bad for Fields when he got drafted uh, because I believe uh, I, I said Chicago is where quarterbacks go to die, and it, it's beyond just a coach. It, it's a systemic citywide problem, and it, Justin Fields is way over his head right now. He, he doesn't have the support. Uh, although you know, you give a small golf clap to Khalil Herbert, ran for a hundred yards. You just you can't do that on the Buccaneers. That was another weird part of the game. Is Chicago did actually did a great job of establishing the run on Tampa yeah. Bay, and it still wasn't close. It was still an ass kick. So, you know, when you're else. down twenty-one nothing in the first quarter, uh, I guess establishing the run is is about <laughs> as good as it gets. Well, because they kept they kept establishing it uh, right when it was close early and when it was you know getting away later. They kept yeah. establishing, so they kept setting their quarterback up to take advantage of that. If their quarterback had the experience and the uh, know-how to do that, which he doesn't at this point. No, and and again, he'll probably get trade. I would expect him to get traded the next few days. But I, I've been telling you, I I thought Nick Foles probably should have just been starting all these games. Yeah, well. I understand that this is desperation for Matt Nagy, and he's a coach trying not to get fired, and you went and you moved up to draft this kid at, at, at 10, 
but he's he's not prepared. He he isn't ready for what's going on out there. And sometimes you play these guys too soon and you wreck them, and they're wrecking Justin Fields right now. They might be. That's my concern. I, I, there, there's no way to know for sure. Uh, but you know, there's not until we get three years from now, and he's still you know not seeing pressure coming and, and still getting blown up, um, or, or he's or he gets to the point where he sees it coming, even though it's not there. He's seeing ghosts at that point. Yeah, then it's like, yeah. oh shit. Well, yeah, now we've ruined them. Um, hopefully it doesn't get to that. That's all I can say. Uh, yeah, but. you know, you don't want to see another another. And they moved up. You know, they they spent capital to get them, and it. Boy, how about that, Mac Jones? Uh, how about it? How about Bill Belichick uh, deciding? Hey, we, I got a we, guy. We got said a it team here. Get worse for the Jets. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. Um, Lou. Oh Lou. boy, I hope Lou's Sorry, not Lou. like Bryce because if that yeah. would have been. The Steelers taking one like that. We'd have Bryce on suicide watch. Um, we need a wellness check on both of them. Yeah. Uh, Jets get destroyed by the Patriots. Zach Wilson's knee gets popped. Yeah. Uh, so and they, and then they, the most interesting news of the week was that the Jets traded for Joe Flacco. I didn't know he was gone. <laughs> I thought he was still there. I didn't know he was still in the league. I, yeah. <laughs> no, he was on the – Eagles, apparently, yeah. and then now the Eagles have now moved Minshew up to their backup, so they, you know, Flacco was sort of expendable, I guess. Uh, I'll make a bold prediction here: the, the Jets will win one of these Flacco games, <laughs> just, be, just like they did last year, right? Just, you just yeah. get uh, you get an old grizzled veteran who's not going to make stupid rookie mistakes, and he's going to get hot for a quarter or two. And the Jets will, just like they did last year, because those were Flacco mostly, who was winning those uh, couple of games that they won when they blew their uh, number one pick. Right. <laughs> um, excuse me. And, uh, yeah, they won't go 0-17. Or they, they've won a game, haven't they? Yeah, they've won one. Yes. They'll win one of these Flacco starts. That's my bold prediction here. So if he starts four times, three, four times, they'll win one of them. And, and that's good, because the Lions need to have a straight path to the number one pick. Uh, so they can get their quarterback. Man, do you ever see a team try so hard that you just they knew they're still going to lose? Pulled out, they pulled out every trick in the book trying to yeah. beat the Rams. They had they were up punts, ten nothing. They had onside yeah. uh, surprise onside, onside kicks. Kick, yeah. They were up ten nothing before the Rams even touched the ball. The only thing they did was cover the number. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's all they did. Good. I mean, good. Got good Derek Goff talking about maybe he's going to get benched. I mean. Well, his coach, coach gave him the vote of confidence. Like it. Yeah. But that was a week it's, after his uh, coach said he, we need more out of him. Right. Yeah. But the, and the Rams just like, ah, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> and it just went patted him on the head and said, oh, yeah. look at the little kids yeah. trying to beat that's us really so hard. That's really cute, you guys. Yeah, Matthew Stafford goes for 334 and three touchdowns. And, <laughs> yeah. Look at them. The They're biting on the Rams. Caps. Look at them. The only, the only thing the Rams don't do is run the football. That's my only concern for the Rams, like long-term health. They just can't run the ball. Uh, they're they're missing guys. Tony Michelle's not getting it done. I know they're missing Cam Akers, but yeah, that if you're if you're a team like the Rams and we're coming up on the deadline here, I, I'd be fishing for a running back really hard. Yeah, they they don't need it at, at the moment, but yeah, you're right. Uh, that's, no, that's a they didn't that need might it be an issue. The Lions. Yeah. 
so that was our uh, recap of, of Kick-Ass Sunday, Whoop-Ass Sunday. Uh, more on our after show, more recapping of more Whoop-Ass <laughs> action when we come back. <laughs> And now into our VIP after show program. Yeah, that was a very strange uh, week seven. We knew it was going to be yeah. weird just because of the matchups. Uh, there just wasn't a lot of juice in the in the matchups. It had all those blowout lines and you know, yeah. double digit lines, and uh, we knew it was going to be strange. We didn't know it was going to be quite like that. Yeah, those were in three ten point lines. I mean, there was an eighteen, uh, a thirteen. And a sixteen in that. Don't and, don't often get a sixteen point line, which that's not the biggest line of the week. Right, that's, that's right. Pretty rare. And, and and two out of the three covered. Yeah. You so know, of course and, the one. You know. Yeah, if it wasn't for the Lions ankle biting for the first uh, you know ten minutes or so of that game, that we might have had all three of those come home. Uh, so just wanted to get into one about, uh, the one that wasn't a blowout, uh, which was my lock of the week, which you briefly mentioned, the uh, the Atlanta you're Falcons. Convincing. You're convincing yeah. lock of the week. You know what? That was the Matty Ice special twice in that game. Uh, the, the first, I don't know if the, the first drive he had and the first half, that was the Matty Ice special. They had like 30 seconds to get into field goal range and, uh, and he did it. You know, and for some reason the Dolphins, you know, Tua played fine, but this was the uh, this was the game where I think Atlanta realized that uh, Julio Jones's replacement really is Kyle Pitts. Nobody can cover that guy. Corners can't cover him. Safeties can't cover him. Linebackers can't cover him. You put the ball on him, he's going to catch it. It, it, Uncoverable right now. Kyle Pitts is the man. He's the matchup problem that every draft pundit said he would be when they drafted him. Why did it take him to week fucking seven to figure this out? That's I, I don't I know if out. he was learning the route tree, but apparently the route <laughs> tree for him just needs to be go. Go. Get go. open. That's the route tree. <laughs> oh, no. He didn't even have to get open. Just go and Matt will throw yeah. it to you. No, uh, Matt Ryan was making some big boy throws and putting them on Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts was not disappointing in that game. And, and give Miami credit, they they furiously came back, and that was like the Falcons special right there, blowing that big lead late. And yeah, it, it's even maybe they have turned a corner because those are the you know under Dan Quinn, those were the games they were losing, right? And and Matt Ryan tried, he really tried. He had a really ugly fumble um, when they were nursing the lead to uh, give the Dolphins the ball back for their go-ahead score when, you know, it would have been just a punt. He instead just, you know, tries to make something out of nothing and gets stripped, and then the ball just pops right to the Miami defender, gets, gives it to him in plus territory, and Miami scores the touchdown, and you're thinking, oh, man, same old Falcons. But then, hmm. nope, Kyle Pitts making huge chunk plays uh, on that drive, and yeah, I mean, seven catches for 163 yards. The only thing he didn't do was score a touchdown, but it didn't matter. He was everywhere. And everywhere he was, whether it was over the middle, going deep, you know, fly routes, corner routes, it didn't matter. He can run every route, and he's a tight end, and he just, how do you cover him? 
that you don't. You just kind of go, well, that's the matchup problem. We can't really do anything. Yeah, when they would line him up outside, he, and he would just start running down. He, he looked like uh, a wide receiver, like a big-ass yeah. wide receiver running he, down the field. He's Julio Jones, almost the same hands. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Matt Ryan was dropping him in there. He, he was really worrying me early because he was not putting up numbers, and his last few starts – uh, he's been putting up some good numbers. I, I mean, I'm not saying Atlanta's a playoff team or any of that, but you know, it, they're three and three. They're probably you know seven and ten. I guess would be the new number eight and nine. There's just somewhere around there, especially if they can make some hay with this Ryan to Pitts connection. That's a that's a matchup problem. That just makes Ridley and Gage who showed up in yeah. this game too. That just makes those. So now you've got the tight end to free up your burners. So mm-hmm. uh, the only thing they have to figure out in Atlanta is I'm a little concerned about Cordero Patterson being the best running back on that team. I mean, if that's who, if that's all you got, that's all you got. That's, that's yeah, it's got some Ty Montgomery shit written all over it. You remember how bad I torched Mike McCarthy? That was sort yeah. of like the downfall for me with Mike McCarthy was when he tried to convert, uh, Ty Montgomery into a legitimate NFL running back. Yeah, the Falcons. Arthur Smith is absolutely in love with that gadget player. And yeah, Cordero Patterson. He's a good kick returner. He's an okay wide receiver. And then they're just they're, they're putting him in the backfield more than they're putting their running back in the backfield. So he is their running back, he number eighty four. <laughs> but if that's the guy, if that's if he's outperforming your actual running backs, then yeah, I don't I don't have a problem going with them because. That's, that's who you got. You can only go with who you got. Um, I don't even know who their real, quote-unquote, real running back is. It's supposed to be It's supposed to be Mike Davis. Okay. that's That explains it. If there's Mike Davis and he's not getting yeah. it done, then you, okay, let's go with Cordero and see what he's got to, to offer. Yeah. Um, the Falcons as a team, uh, yards per carry, where are they? They just uh, looks like they're just a little over four. No, three point six. Three, okay, so that's, that's a team. yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's not awesome. good. That's no. Not good. So you you go with whoever can get you anywhere closer to four than three point six. Because yeah. three point six. Patterson's averaging four point two for the season. Yeah, so that means the other guys are way underwater there, dra- <laughs> dragging it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as the Dolphins and Tua, that was sort of a classic Tua game, right? Because four touchdowns. So yep. you're thinking, okay, that's our future, and still making bad plays, enough bad plays to lose the game, uh, still making you think, well, no, he's really not the guy. Uh, and Atlanta gets in the field goal range to win the game with no time left on the clock to, to cover by, uh, by by half a point. Half the, a point. It was convincing. It was a convincing yeah, lock. Lock it up for me. Yeah, and no foul. My, my, lock, my lock wins by 32. <laughs> Your lock one was by but a half. Half, yeah. No, I mean, obviously Tampa covered by twenty, um, or so. But yeah, no. I mean, hey, you know what? You felt you felt good about it. They tried to blow it, and the Dolphins sucked really so did. bad they couldn't even let the Falcons lose that game. <laughs> uh, so that was the only close one Sunday. Uh, so the ones that we uh, celebrated together, we talked about the Titans. We talked about the uh, Patriots. Um, yeah. And then the only other one Sunday that we had together was the uh, Cardinals over the Houston Texans, and that's almost not and worth talking about. Uh, we both we both had the Colts, right? Uh, on Sunday oh, night, yeah, for Sunday night, yeah, that, yeah. that's true. 
Well, the card. I mean, we we talk. We we joked about. Uh, we joked about uh, General Mills and his and his one. No, they didn't even get that. They didn't even get the no. one good drive. You know, and that's the trouble when you have these 18, 20 point lines. Is it takes a long time to cover these numbers. You know, I mean, obviously, it could be like the Bears and the games that cover at the end of the first quarter, but <laughs> in a lot of these cases it takes a long time before you see that you usually see these covers and your make or break in the fourth quarter. And that's sort of what it was with Arizona. I mean, they, they blew them out. They won by 26, but it took a while. I mean, it really, you know, it, it wasn't something, you know, there was a 19 point game at the end of the four, third quarter. And you're like, all it takes is one garbage time drive, one weird play, one blocked punt. But, Fortunately, uh, fortunately for us, after Arizona got down five zip, <laughs> there were two games that started off with the five number on the board this week, which was very odd. Strange, um, man. Yeah, it was a Strange very weird week. But you, know, you get the safety, and then you get a field goal, and they're down five nothing. And, and I, I hate to say it, but when you're favored by eighteen, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't, you don't want to get down at all. You don't want to see the right. team that you are betting to cover 18 be down anything. And that's a 17-5 game at the half. Yeah, we kind of sweated that one out. But, yeah, no, Arizona's really good. And Houston <laughs> is really, really bad. <laughs> that's a crack analysis, boy. Arizona's really the, the, good. The holes, the holes really that they were opening up, the, not that Arizona was opening up, but the holes in the Houston defense that they were opening up for some of those uh, Chase Edmonds runs late in the game, that was yeah. hashtag full of quit. <laughs> well, that was FedEx. I, Houston might be it. it. There's a reason they came in uh, next to last in rushing D. They, uh, they're, they're, like you said, they're yeah. not very good. Yeah. And then today they trade um, Mark Ingram. Not that there was a market for him, back but the Saints, the Saints said, okay, well, we'll they take trade him. him. Yeah, trade him right back to the Saints. I mean, you got Brandon Cooks calling them out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Pretty much giving a <laughs> version of, man, this is a bunch of shit, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, hey, good for you, but, man, your team is in full-on quit mode. The organization is trash. Everyone knows that. The, the Sean uh, Watson yes. stuff kind of proves that. But now we're starting to see the results on the field. Like, look at the Lions. The Lions came out, and they really tried. They're bad. But I don't think the Lions are the worst team in football. Yeah, we discussed that a little bit last week. Yeah. Like Lions like, and Texans on a neutral field. That we we both yeah. got the Lions, right? I, I'd have the Lions to beat the Jets. I'd have the Lions to beat Houston. You know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, on a neutral field, I mean, they, they'd probably win three out of ten times against the Dolphins. Yeah, even though we don't, even though they haven't won one yeah. yet this they, year, they might even beat Geno Smith. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. The one L. I was hoping for that eleven and two that I staged, presaged on the last show. I was like, man, I need one of those eleven and twos. And man, I came so close. But um, no, Arizona is uh, Arizona's. They're legit. That is, I I don't think that there's any real or fake when we talk about there's. There's no fake in that Arizona team. They're really good right now. Uh, Zach Ertz became the first player ever to catch touchdowns in consecutive games for two different teams. So that was something I didn't know was uh, I didn't I didn't know yeah. no one had ever done that before. So and, and again, the Eagles must be I mean, they're just like oh I guess we're not going to get anything for them, so let's just dump them. 
Huh? I, I don't know. <laughs> they they got a double A AA prospect and a backup catcher for for Zach. Yeah, I, I, mean, and, I don't understand. And cash, cash considerations. Cash hey, considerations and a give, player if, to be named later. If we give you this guy, can we get some cash? You know, <laughs> we'll consider it. <laughs> I never liked the I never liked the term <laughs> cash consideration. I, I really think they only do that because they don't want to admit that they're they slave right. traders and they just sell people for it, money. Or that it's a salary dump or something mm-hmm. along those lines, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we'll trade them to you for some cash. How about that sound? Maybe. Mm, maybe. No, how, about, they, they just, how about you just? How about you just send them over and we'll think about it. <laughs> they don't want to admit that they sold a guy to another organization for sixty five hundred dollars. They they don't want to just come right out and say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to remember. I keep forgetting to put the player in the hall of infamy who was his own PTBNL. <laughs> That's happened. That happened one yeah. time. A guy got traded for a player to be named later, and then he was the player to be named <laughs> later, and they sent him back. Apparently, somebody did not write that trade out very well. <laughs> Let me think about who do I want to yeah. send. Uh, yeah. How about the guy that we I'm, acquire? Let's throw I'm, him back I'm, out. You know, you know what? On second thought. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't even count as a trade because technically it wasn't a trade. That was a cause... loner. That was a loner. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't trade him, or you you just gave him to another team for a while, and then you took him back. That's not a trade. The only only player in MLB history got traded for himself. <laughs> I gotta find um, that. I, that's a good story. So that that definitely fits in with our theme of uh, Hall of Infamy because that that you deserve recognition for that. Uh, so yeah, the uh, Indy uh, San Fran win on Sunday yeah. night. We both had that one as this well. Is your, this is your moment again. Do not cry crap all over Carson Wentz. I'm sad we didn't get it into the live show. I, I, I've given him enough love. I don't. We didn't have to get oh, okay. into this live show. No, you know who uh, we, we talk about Derrick Henry, but I'm almost as impressed with Jonathan Taylor, who's really he's, rounding he's been, into been beasting a, a really good NFL running back and sort of breaking that Wisconsin curse. <laughs> I, I, I don't Ryan, know you. That, you, you said Melvin Gordon was breaking that curse once upon a time, and now he's like, eh. I, I, you know, Melvin Gordon, I believe I gave worst rookie of the year to, and then had to like eat some crow because he had a just yeah. amazing next season. But yeah. I didn't do that to Jonathan Taylor because he's been pretty good overall since he started getting actual playing time. Yeah. You know, and he, when that was last, runs last really year, hard. when was, was it Marlon Mack? Somebody got hurt last year. And that yep. sort of pressed him into more service, and he's been he's just, he's been running with the job, quote unquote, running with ever since. Uh, I see what you, you did know. there, but yeah, I, I I don't see him losing that job, and he's he's been really good, and so it, it, it they have a good line that you know probably the most un, underappreciated offensive line in the game, and Carson Wentz hasn't been uh, hasn't been trash. He's playing okay once his ankles healed up and his foot healed up and everything he's actually been pretty good yes uh so good on the Colts to outlast uh san fran in the rain in that one um, yeah i think it I, I think it's i don't know if you watched the game or not i um, didn't it was uh just like the monday night it was rainy it was windy it was just miserable conditions the entire time everybody's fumbling you know they fumbled from one team to the next, and the next possession, the other team fumbles, and then the next possession, the other team fumbles. 
um, I think it's a credit to both coaches that there was even this many points scored in that game. It was 30 to 18 uh, right. Colts over the 49ers in just, like I said, miserable conditions. But in those conditions, I was seeing both those, those creative minds. I was seeing Frank Reich's uh, offense through Carson Wentz and through Jonathan Taylor. I was seeing the, the plays, the creativity. I was even seeing it on the uh, Niners side with Jimmy G running the stuff that uh, Kyle Shanahan has. Uh, Jimmy G, the, I, I think it's so hard for Shanahan to put uh, Jimmy Garoppolo down uh, as a lot of coaches would have at this point. Jimmy G runs his stuff. Like he, he he's trying. Jimmy G is not a terrible quarterback. He's just not all that good. Uh, but he really tries to run Shanahan's stuff and tries to go with with all the angles that Shanahan has and tries to run you know these angle these plays and this these reverses and uh, you know you can tell that there's there's a mental connection there it's just not quite the physical one and then Trey Lance the little limited action that he had you can tell that there's the physical uh, connection and a much better ability by Lance to do physically what Kyle Shanahan wants him to do. He's just not there in the playbook and mentally yet. Right. Um, because know, he's a rookie. We rookie. saw that on the play where he patted the ball about <laughs> 10 times before he realized his receiver was wide open. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's working to it. He may get there someday, but he's, he's working towards that yeah. right now. Still, that um, might be. I, I'm not going to ever put that down for play of the year or any of any of those awards that they give out. But that might actually be my favorite play all year. That a quarterback stood there and looked at a guy wide open for so long that you're just like looking at him like, you know, they're giving him the well. We're waiting. On, you know, like <laughs> he's open. The hell, throw it, no. <laughs> He just keeps doing like the shoulder pump, and he's just like, Ugh, I, 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 just, I, I just can't do it. Like, I'm waiting. Where's the safety? Uh, no, there's no safety. It's open. Like, 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 go. Like you're so stunned that this guy is that wide open, and you just don't immediately go, boom, pull the trigger, which most quarterbacks would do. And Trey Lance was just like, just, no, I'm not. No, wait. You know, you're overthinking it, kid. Uh, that's the Ronnie Dangerfield drop I need to go to. Let's go while we're young. Yeah. Need to look that one up. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Tommy specials in that game, too. That uh, A lot of uh, Carson Wentz underthrowing bought guys on purpose so they, they could come back and get the interference on their the defensive oh, back that's covering. That's Tom Brady's career for about the last 10 <laughs> years. Hey, hey, Wentz was taking advantage of it, so it so was good on him. But, yeah, the, both those guys actually – uh, showed me a little something in that sloppy ass game that they're they're both being coached up well and and whoever uh, it, whoever the quarterback is in those systems uh, they definitely got the right creative guys uh, to lead them down the right path. Like if I could have Frank Reich coaching the Bears and coaching up Justin Fields, I would feel so much better about <laughs> or, or Kyle Shanahan. Uh, or Kyle Shanahan, yes, or, or anyone, almost anyone but Nagy, pretty much at this point, yeah. Um, and then the uh, Monday nighter that we lost, uh, New Orleans does beat Seattle, but uh, only by three. That's a yeah, five-point spread game. that Jameis couldn't cover. Yeah, very ugly. Yeah. Very, very And another, ugly. another game where Geno Smith gets you so, so close. And then remember that he's Geno Smith. 
and figures out a way to get like strip sacked or mm-hmm. you know some, something bad is just bound to happen. And I'm sure he had the he had the fans behind him, and they're holding the Saints down, and it's an ugly game. And Gino just finds a way. Yes, always finds a way. You know what? The importance of an accurate quarterback was was brought to to the forefront in that game. Uh, for both sides as well, yeah. because Jameis had plenty of, of deep shots on the Legion of Room, couldn't complete them, couldn't hit his guys, just completely no accuracy, just kept overshooting. Gino obviously was was not accurate overshooting his. Well, he had one play. As well. He had one uh-huh. play. He was he wasn't even good for a drive. He was good for a play. One bomb to the was a DK. It was DK, eighty four yarder. Yep, and that was sort it. of a shock. Just a shock to start the game, you know. And 167 yards for the for the game, and how many on that one play? 84. 84. Yeah, more uh, than 80. More than half. Yeah, 83 yards the entire rest of the game through the air. That folks is pathetic. But because Jameis couldn't hit his targets, New Orleans couldn't cover the number. But that, like I was saying, I will never trust Jameis Winston to to cover a five point spread on the road. Uh, under any circumstance, and and that's exactly why. Because uh, you were uh, joking about I should lock that one up as, as confident as I was feeling about it, but I was like, no, still can't trust yeah, Jameis. It, I, it, it, but you still, but yeah, but you still, yeah. We, we both took the Saints in that we game. Both gave the five, and and did, yeah. didn't work out for us. No, you know, and then you never really felt like it was there. It was just like once you saw the conditions, and it just sort of became a just like a slugfest type game. And then you know they go on that last drive, which goes on and on. You know that that last drive they went on, and uh, they get to a goal to go situation, and then just start backing up. And you're like, no, <laughs> you, yeah. you know, so it's right there. So like you just want the touchdown, and then they just start going backwards. And then they have to kick the field goal um, at the two-minute mark, and, and of course Seattle does nothing at that point. They they go backwards on their own drive and end up going forward on on fourth down and forever from like their own six-yard line and don't get it. But then even though the temptation is there, I'm sure no, they just you know no timeouts left. I always hate seeing teams kneel down like right at the door, but yeah. Well, they they were it was it was that close. The Geno kept backing up so much, he almost backed into the back of the end zone. He almost, almost. gave us a push with the safety. Yeah, something like, weird oh, or strip sack or you know, yeah. Or you get like an intentional grounding. That's how we got one of those safety calls um, in that Carolina uh, game. The Giants end up getting a uh, safety off of a Sam Darn, just a terrible uh, play where Sam Darnold gets pressured in his own end zone and tries to, I don't know what he was doing, but he tries to throw the ball. And I don't know if he's trying to throw it away, but he's basically like the ball slips out of his hand and nosedives right into like his own lineman at the goal line. <laughs> so there's no receivers. And I don't even know if you could be pointing at somebody at that point. It's the referees go together and then they throw the flag. And I was like, that game was awful too. We didn't really talk about it, but yeah, that, that's yeah, Carolina. Talk about there, yeah. The wheels Ball are coming off. I, I call them wheels are and... coming off. Yeah, you're not going to be around to hear my uh, comparison stats, but I, I, this is around the time of year where I started looking back. What were these teams doing oh. three games ago, and what are they oh. doing now? How are they trending? 
Right. So I'll re- I'll read you this one and then I'll I'll let it go because you won't be able not to hear this. Not that you're giving away a pick here or anything. Not that I'm getting. I, I actually haven't picked this one because I don't know who I'm going to go with. But Carolina at Atlanta on Sunday. Um, yeah. That, yeah. I have no I I have no idea which way I'm going. But Carolina Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers were three games ago averaging 8.1 yards per throw, and everyone's talking about Sam Darnold. He's back. left the Jets, and he looks so much better, and he's in a better situation, better uh, system, better talent around him. Sam Darnold, baby, look at the resurgence. Look at the career resurgence of Sam Darnold. They were eighth in the league in passing offense, and they were averaging 8.1 yards per throw. And after this complete embarrassment loss to the Giants on Sunday – the Carolina Panthers are now 26th in the league in passing offense and are averaging 6.5 yards per throw. Ladies and gentlemen, the Sam Darnold resurgence has already died. Yeah, well, and not only that, that's what they're averaging for the season. So to go from 8.1 <laughs> to six, right? So what do you, you means you've got to be like in the fours to drag yeah, your number down games. that bad, right? And to give you an idea, Darnold in this last game, I mean, 25 attempts for a buck 11, uh, like four and a half. That's like 4.5. That's that's awful. That is awful. Let's see. Carolina's last three games, uh, 177 through the air in week five uh, when the Eagles came in and beat them. Uh, Week six, uh, 207 in the air when uh, Minnesota got that overtime win over them. Uh, and then last week with the, that Giants one, that's uh, that's that's yeah. what the the Panthers have. That's the resurgence of Sam Darnold. That's what he's yeah. done the last three weeks. Now, in Minnesota hold, hold your horses in that research. Them. And that's a high-scoring game, right? That was a really high-scoring game. Uh, Darnold, yeah, 41, yeah 34, attempts for forty-one attempts for two hundred and seven yards. I'm not big on that. That's just a hair over five yards <laughs> per attempt. I think you're I think you're right on that. Uh, yeah. So there's a five, a four and a half. <laughs> That's exactly what we said, right? That's how you go from eight to six. Six and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you start putting up some some fours, that that's that's not a good Ugh. number. That's, that's uh, Justin Fields territory. That no, I was about like to say Justin half. Fields right now. His yeah. his yards per well, his just yards per attempt just in general. Um, I know against Tampa, uh, thirty two for one. I mean, he was all, just under. Six uh, yards. Pretty per damn good for him. <laughs> but he's at six point two for the season. That that you can't have that be your season number. Oh, and that's uh, yeah. I don't think it will be. I think that's come, he had to come up really big from that uh, Cleveland debut to make it to six point two right now. So uh, I think he's actually as bad as he looked. Uh, I think he's actually progressing. I think he's better than he was when he debuted, which isn't you know saying anything really, but uh, all five, like I said, all five of those first round picks, I've already seen progression from all five of them from where they started the season to, to now and where they're going to go from this point, who knows, but they, they've, they've all five of them have gotten a little better fields and Lance are the two that I still say uh, the game that's probably a little too fast for them right now for them to deserve to be starters, but we know why right. Fields is in there because the, the QB one got hurt, uh, Andy Dalton, and, yeah. and Lance, of course, is because uh, Shanahan doesn't quite want to put him in there at this point yet. Doesn't doesn't have a full trust and confidence, uh, but, well, but they've all gotten a little too. better, and now he's hurt, right? 
yeah, he's hurt yeah. now. So you know, and I mean, you have to just, and you have to just give a huge sort of incomplete so far. I think to Zach Wilson because of all the rookie quarterbacks, he's probably got the least to work with. I don't think there's any question he's got the least to work with by by yeah. far. Even even the Jacksonville talent is is much better than what the Jets are offering. As far as uh, yeah, they they have they have an actual NFL running back. They didn't think so, but they have an actual NFL yes. running back. And uh, I thought they just lost DJ Chark uh, for the season. Yeah, they don't have a lot of talent to lose in, in receivers, so to, to lose them is actually pretty big. Right, but hey, they, they got they got their they got their win. They can feel good now. They got their one. They'll probably get a, a few more uh, because Lawrence yeah, looks a lot better than he Jag, did when the he Jaguars did feel like a team that'll win a couple of games late when they start playing some of the, you know, give up teams especially if they yeah. have any of those teams on their schedule. They, they, they play Seattle this weekend. If you, I can see myself taking the Jags in that one. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I'm picking, obviously, because I haven't made that pick yet or, or really looked that hard at it. But that's right. one of those where you start to look at it and go, man, it's, it's Geno Smith. <laughs> you know, And then Jacksonville's got a stretch here uh, in December where they have the Texans and the Jets back-to-back. Oh, there you go. So yeah, they're, they're going to get some. They're going to get the four, something like that. So if you're interested right now, you can get tickets to that Jaguars Jets game for twenty six dollars. Ooh, let me sign up. Wait, you mean actually have to go to the game though? Oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, they might they, they might have to pay people not to go to that game. I, I'd go if they paid me twenty six, maybe. Not, or, uh, I, I, if I lived in the, I, in the market, I'm sorry, I I li- I, I'm in Wisconsin here, where, where people get. Two hundred dollars, easy for a Packer ticket, easy. Not sure. And I see some of these like StubHub rates for these like mid-tier teams, yeah, or low-tier teams where you can go to an NFL game, an NFL game, and get a mm-hmm. ticket for thirty bucks. That's cheap. Yeah. Well, if you live in you know certain markets where there's just no hope, like you start the season, and you're already the moment the the starting gun sounds to open the season, you're eliminated from the playoffs. Like yeah, we, and and that's what Which I was is, talking about. Right. Looking at those odds uh, at the beginning of the year, like some of those teams, you know, minus four fifty, minus oh, six hundred to not make the, the playoffs. That, easy the teams money. that we wish the teams that we wish we could have shorted. Yeah, you know, uh, we're we're doing that next year. There's no doubt. We're going through that list and figuring out, okay, who are we putting real money on? Whether you want to send me some and, and make a pool out of it, or I just put my own money down, yeah. whatever. We're we're shorting some of these motherfucking teams because that's we've been begging for this for years. Like, there's no chance. But I don't want to just short them. The Jaguars or the Lions, right? I don't want to just short them. I want to parlay them. I don't think they'll let you do that. That's a little too. That's easy. what I want. I want like the six-team parlay because the only team right now that has a legitimate shot of maybe busting that parlay would be the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, but I don't even know if I would have gone that far to actually put like hard money to to to, to parlay them. You right. know, but I would have I would have I would have gone Eagles, um, Jags, Lions, Jets, Jags, oh. Jets, like all the teams that you had at the bottom. I mean, I, I had the Steelers out of the playoffs. I had the Seahawks out of the playoffs. Man, I'd be looking really oh. good right now if I yeah. had put money on the Steelers and the Seahawks not to make the playoffs. You had, uh, I think the Seahawks were, if they weren't plus money to not make the playoffs, it was close. They were, <laughs> yeah, you you had a, 
you, you that would have been a real good bet uh, because I was surprised that you had that, and I was I had him in last you, place. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't know if I, I think I had them out of the playoffs too, but you were like adamant, and boy, that that would have been prescient. Man, yeah, we're, yeah, we're definitely I, doing I, that I, next year. I'm at this point right now. I, I don't know if I see Seattle jumping ahead of the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Niners. <laughs> I, that's not happening. It's not happening. That would be uh, that would be a miracle. Yeah, that they somehow like Russell Wilson comes back and they just go on an eight zero run. Right. That that they're not good enough. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. Not, not with that defense. Well, you're gonna have like the Cardinals. I mean, you feel like geez, you feel like they win another game, they're gonna clinch a playoff spot. <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah, I was about to say not the division because the Rams are right there, but right, yeah. Those two teams are definitely uh, running away with that division easily. Yeah, the way the way too soon uh, playoff uh, numbers here actually got uh, Cincinnati is their number one seed right now in the AFC. If you can I imagine it. that, the Raiders are the two, huh. the Titans, and then the Bills are the four. But the Bills uh, have played one less game because the Bills had a bye. And your uh, wild card teams right now are the Ravens, the Chargers, and the Browns. Yeah, this is very, very early still. Yep, I like um, looking at it though; it's fun. And then you got in the NFC, Arizona is your number one seed. So, if you could you imagine if you could have put money on Cincinnati and Arizona possibly being <laughs> ones? No, no. And then you got Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and Dallas. So, outside of Arizona, that's chalk. And then right. you got the Rams, the Saints, and the Vikings as your wild. And th- that wild card situation is is tenuous at best. Especially right. well, we, and, and at we the bottom, in the NFC. Saints yeah. and the Vikings. I mean, yeah. I mean, we knew the NFC would be a little uh, soupy at the bottom of the, of the, of the mix, wild card. That, that mix right now, those four mm-hmm. three, those four three win teams between the Vikings, the Falcons, the Bears, and the and the Panthers. That is soupy. That yep. is that is Saturday afternoon kickoff for Wild Card Weekend time, right there. No doubt about it. Speaking of playoff kickoff times, I don't think we discussed that uh, that the NFL just randomly sort of de- decided a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you know, one of those Wild Cards uh, Sunday games, uh, we're gonna make that Monday night now. Going forward. What? Oh, you didn't even hear it. Yeah. No. The, uh, the, Does that happen whatever... this year? They decided to start it this year. Yeah, that's a, going to be that's a massive disadvantage to those teams. I think so too. I agree. But money, 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 money. Now, yeah, so if gonna... you're all, so they would. I'm guessing because I believe because you only eliminate one. You know, you have one team on the bye. Um, they can't do that division round too. I, mean, I guess they they could. I don't think that, they are. I think it's wild they card round only. They, they, yeah, they shouldn't because you can't have a team going into no, the conference championship right. coming, no, off of a, coming off oh, of a Monday, Monday night. That, yeah, I would be really interested. Now, obviously, we don't have anything to draw comparisons to because this has never happened. But right. I would think strongly about fading a team coming out of that Monday night game. Sure. Um, I think that's definitely going to be something everyone looks at and, and watches the performance yeah. of that team yes. uh, in the division round and go, hmm, yeah. I wonder how especially if that you're seated, them on Monday night there. Especially, well, two situations where I would really st- strongly fade them. One, if they're playing the bye week team the next week. Right. 
uh, or two if they're playing a Saturday. Like if you're playing anybody who's got that extra rest, especially if you're coming off of a Monday night game to play against a, a team that's two weeks rested now, that just seems that doesn't feel playoff. That that feels that, that that's a money grab. Definitely, uh, I think is. they, I think they have to somehow set that up to make sure. I don't know how you do it, but make sure that that yeah. Monday night if team is playing result, Sunday. Yeah, if there's a surprise result, you could end up with something really weird. Yeah, well, I mean, if that's if that's the two six if that's the two seven matchup, and that seven seed wins, well, guess what? <laughs> you are automatically playing the the bye week team. Yeah, it definitely is yeah. definitely all about the money, as, as always. Yeah. We talk about that. The the only um, way to make it somewhat legitimate, I guess, would be as if you just had that be the four five game, which is usually the best game of Wild Card Weekend. They they might just uh, do that. Yeah, I'm trying like to right find now, a just to give story you to idea. read about to see what they're gonna yeah. do officially. Like right now, your four or five matchups. Obviously, this is ten weeks in advance, but you got Buffalo and Baltimore are your four or five matchup as of right now, and then you've got Dallas and the Rams. I can tell you right now, it would be Dallas and the Rams. All right, this is from the uh, NFL.com site. Uh, ESPN announced that it has won the. Uh, this was published October thirteenth. Uh, ESPN announced that it has won the rights to host the finale of Super Wildcard. All about the branding, too. Super Wildcard Super, super mega wicked, awesome <laughs> Wildcard Weekend. For the next five years, this season's offering, the league's first scheduled weekday primetime playoff game will be played on January 17, 2022. The NFL announced in September that the postseason's opening round would include a Monday game. It will be the sixth contest of Super Wildcard Weekend. Which was introduced last year as the team as the league expanded yeah. to fourteen playoff teams, which I didn't hate. Uh, so they're I, I misspoke earlier. I thought they were moving one of the Sunday games to Monday night. They're not. They're moving one of the Saturday games. So it's going to be back to the ah. uh, two Saturday games that we're used okay. to. Then three Sunday games: the one o'clock, uh, the twelve o'clock. 3.30 and then the, the primetime on Sunday, yeah. and now a Monday night finale to uh, the finish off wild card. Super, I'm sorry, so there's, super there's wild card weekend. Super mega wicked awesome. There's no, <laughs> yeah. yay sports. There's no way that that is anything to do with what would normally have been that Saturday. There's no way that's Texans and somebody like we used to have no. to sit through Texans and Titans. That That's not going to be the crap game of the Saturday. That's going to be the, pr- the premier Saturday you're going to have a big market, big money franchise playing in that game. And that's what they've decided this year, starting this year. Yeah, um, but then you also go into the division round, which is guaranteed to be a a two-day weekend. You've right. got to guarantee that whoever wins that, that Sunday game, a Monday night game, plays on Sunday. Yeah, I can't imagine that you have them go from Monday night to Saturday. I cannot imagine doing right. that. Especially if you're going off of that on now four days rest to play a bye week team. You know, so oh. I'm hoping that they don't, you know, you know, make this something that they regret. I hope not either, but uh, all all eyes will certainly be on it to see it, well, how that team performs. Yeah, uh, in how the, did, in the, how did uh, that one sneak by us? Because that's two-week-old news. I, I I remember seeing it. I just forgot to bring it up on the show. Ah, yeah, I don't 
not you know, and I'd like to think I pay attention, but yeah, I didn't see that sneak in at all. Maybe because it's ESPN centric, so I must have just thumbed right by that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be on uh, ESPN Monday Night Football Super Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, that'll uh... that'll be a special. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Um, super. Well, it's on the same day, so it's not. It's yeah, not a Thursday so night edition of Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Yeah. Yeah. On Super no, Wild. No, you got to get if the. If it wasn't on ESPN, you could you, you would have had that. If it was on like NFL Network, then it would have been a Super Monday Night the Football edition Monday, of Thursday of Monday Night, night Football. Football. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, and we talked about briefly that we were gonna maybe. Uh, since we won't be able to uh, look at it, uh, or, or since, uh, since we'll be together on a uh, Wednesday night, uh, maybe look a, take a small, brief look at the Thursday night, which is going to be one of the best Thursday night games of the year between yeah. the Packers and the Cardinals, although it's definitely diminished because of uh, goop issues. Yes. Yeah. It's something we, we just can't get away from it, so... Yeah, you've got Packer receivers uh, coming down with the goop. You've got uh, several questionables, uh, Arizona. Uh, no J.J. Watt, it looks like. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has got a hamstring. So, yeah, we don't know how effective it's going to be. Um, no Devontae Adams, it looks like, although I've seen a rumor that he had his two negative tests. Um, oh, in the 24 hour period. So I'll be interested to see if that really, uh, if he does play or if that really was a true story. <laughs> that might be some superstar uh, thing going on there. Cause I, the last I read Wait. was that he was out. <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> uh-huh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's not dead. Um, yeah. I, I haven't seen anything uh, to say that he's going to be cleared yet, but would it, would I be completely surprised? No, I wouldn't be, but uh, as yeah. of the last that I read, he's definitely out uh, along with Alan Lazard. Okay. Yeah, and and, uh, and J.J. Watt is hurt and needs surgery, and that's the least shocking news you'll see all day. Yeah, that's that's it for Watt, season-ending shoulder surgery. That, that's Yeah, you're right. It's, I mean, you get to a certain age, you know, just like Julio, it's hard to stay healthy. Yeah. And you had to, you know, I, I know Arizona made a big deal about this when they signed him, but you, you kind of had to know. Yeah. Well, they, it, it, you know, you take a chance. You, you, yeah. You think about it. You're the, before they, they were the 7-0 and o Cardinals, they were just the Cardinals, and they were just, you know. Right. They uh, were fun Oh, bad. that's the Cardinals. They, they, they're they trying to they're, – they're little – you know, they're the little brothers. They're trying to come up and compete and, and act like they're big guys. Oh, I uh, get good, it. They made the big trade last business. year. Yeah. I, I understand the move, but you can't be – you can't be surprised. No. No, I'm sure they're not surprised. Um, so yeah, that's, it's going to be, uh, you know, seven and over is a six and one, but it just feels, you know, a, a little less than just because of the, the missing. Uh, if, if Aaron Rodgers goes over, uh, throwing to, you know, Randall Cobb and guys, n- neither one of us would be surprised because we've been seeing that fucker do it for 20 years. Right. But it would it would still be a bit of a surprise if he, if he did that, uh, against the Cardinals. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if he doesn't, given, then you can always say, well, he didn't have Devontae yeah. Adams. He didn't have Alan Lazard. Yeah, they have a built-in excuse yeah. to not show up big in this game. But, yeah, it, it, it's also asking you to just completely bet against Aaron Rodgers coming in as a huge underdog. And, yeah, it, it, it's a great it's a great matchup. 
I mean, it really is. Arizona is very good. This is probably the best matchup or the best opponent that they've had, especially when you talk about just, you know, probably the most stable year in, year out, they're there every year type franchise. Like the Packers just don't go away, right? Mm-hmm. They're like the Terminator. They just keep coming back. <laughs> I don't know which way I'm going. I'm not going to tell you that right now. I, I don't want to... Yeah, um, I don't want to shit all over Aaron Rodgers, uh, even though he doesn't have Devontae Adams. But at the same time, I can see the Cardinals whooping him and and taking advantage. So I I don't know. I I actually am really stuck there. I'm so afraid of of giving seven against Aaron Rodgers. I don't care if he's missing his best receiver. Yeah, are we up to seven now? Uh, Probably six and a half. uh, It was sitting at five, five and a half, and then it moved to six. Now I've seen it. I wouldn't be shocked if it's seven by tomorrow. Yeah, I wouldn't either. You know, especially with all the again receiver injuries and Aaron Rod, that that doesn't really matter much to me because he's he'll make guys guys will make plays. He'll put the ball where they should make plays. Yeah. We'll put it. He'll way. find Randall Cobb. He'll find Alan Lazard. He'll find Big Bob Tunyon. He'll throw <laughs> it to Mercedes Lewis. He'll dump it off to Aaron Jones. Uh, you know the. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about who's out there actually putting on the helmet. We're playing wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers will find a way to get the ball to those guys. Now, will they make plays? Will they drop them? Will, you know, that yeah. I can't predict, but he will. He'll get the ball to them. The, the opportunity will be there for them. That, that's yes. for sure. We saw that a couple of, a couple of years ago when that Alan Lazard had that huge game um, against the Lions out of nowhere. That sort of put him on on the map for everybody. Like you had no idea who this guy was, and now, you know what? He's running out of receivers, and, and Rodgers just makes the star out of these guys. And now you know who they are. And what I remember about that game is still burned into my mind is that he kept putting deep balls out there for Lazar. Lazar kept fucking up and dropping them, and Rodgers would come back the next snap and put it right in the same damn place. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let's try this again, son. I'm putting it right where you need to get. And eventually, right. Lazar, Lazar caught. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to bring this one in because you put it right where I need yeah. it, where, right where it needs to be. So he's, he's going to do that. So should be uh, should be interesting, even though uh, Devontae Adams won't be there. Boy, that's uh, disappointing, though. Uh, you know, Kyler and Nuke versus Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I was really, really looking forward to that shootout specifically tomorrow, but it's going to be uh, something different. Um, and like I said, I'm just, I have no idea right now. I'm going to have to think about that all day and, and which way I'm going to lean on that point spread. Right. Yeah. This is definitely a harder game to pick at a touchdown than it would be at a cop out line. Right. Cause that you think about that. I mean, Vegas is clearly looking at the injury situation because there's not many situations where you have seven and zero hosting six and one, and you're given a touchdown. No, that's definitely after the the news of Devontae Adams being out. Right. So yeah, there, there's that part that says, man, that means all Aaron Rodgers has got to do is keep this under a score, and mm-hmm. even if they lose, keep it under a touchdown. That, that yeah, it, it's a really interesting pick. Uh, I know we'll be putting putting this one out on uh, on Twitter tomorrow. Yep. Uh, just you know, text me at some point. I know you usually make your pick around four thirty, five o'clock. I just have a lot of stuff going on um, tomorrow. 
but I'm more curious not to know so much that you've made your pick. I'm just curious what the line and that you end up coming up with is going to be, because sometimes the line I see and the line you see, we're not always looking at the same thing. And, and yeah, okay. this feels like one of those picks where just knowing that final number might might help me make a pick. Okay. I'll definitely do that before I before I make my yeah, official or I'll pick. Just, or I'll just wait to see that you made your pick because I get the alert for the Twitter thing. You just made your pick, and then I'm like, okay, that's the number. I'll, I'll go ahead, and then I'll put my pick in then, too. All right. And so, yeah, you'll be uh, uh, out of town, uh, out of reach yeah, for this weekend. Yeah, i weird just a weird week uh, weekend just sort of where nothing really lines up where I would have that opportunity afforded. And I've always been able to kind of sneak something in, but this time it works out where we're just going to be gone at just all the wrong times for us to, to have a show. Yep. It, it happens. Definitely enjoy the, the time with the, with the family and the kiddos. Yeah. Yeah. I actually am in the, like I'm in the middle of, it just started a stretch here where I work for five hours over the next week. That's, that's good schedule. Yeah, four days off, work a half a day, and then my normal days off. So I've got a, almost a week off of work. So I'm going to going to enjoy this. Yep. All right. So yeah, it still looks like I'm going to be going uh, solo probably uh, Sunday morning uh, to get the picks in for week eight. And by that time, Jay will certainly have shot me his picks, and I'll be able to put that up on the blog and then talk about his picks during uh during my solo show as well. So that's what we got to look forward to this coming weekend. Um, so if uh, you didn't have anything else, I think we can call it for this uh, recap show of whoop ass Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to take it easy on you, I, you know, Hey, you whooped my ass. That's, you know, five hey, and I, that's... I needed it. I, I needed it. You know, I needed it. I needed that. Yeah. Yep. It was starting to get. It was starting to get not competitive. <laughs> and that well, doesn't make for good. That doesn't make for good radio. No, uh, but it's definitely back to competitive now. You're uh, back within seven of me with uh, still half the season to go. More than half the season. So yeah, we got ten weeks left. Yeah, so it's a contest again. That's for sure. All right, yeah. I guess we will uh, be done with that here. Uh, so yeah, you uh, definitely enjoy your your Halloween uh, excursion and get away with uh, with the family. Yeah, we'll have a lot of candy. Let me know if you need any extra. <laughs> oh, always send it down <laughs> here. No, <laughs> uh, make a big ass PVC shoot and send it to Memphis if you can uh, build one that big. <laughs> have our social distant Halloween from Wisconsin to Tennessee. That's right. Here comes here comes a little mini pack of Skittles down the down, down the down the Mississippi <laughs> River. I'm just gonna send it right, and float it down the river for you. Just be there looking for the somebody's little Ziploc bag. <laughs> Put your name uh, on it, and you can go fish it out down there. Go down to Mud Island, fish it out. <laughs> All right. So uh, everyone, enjoy your football tomorrow night. We will definitely have uh, our picks on Twitter as we always do for our Thursday night game. If you're not aware of that, somehow you're not aware that we have our Thursday night picks before the game starts. I am on Twitter at IMLD Dre and Jason yes, is on not Twitter after at the game or the next day. <laughs> no, we don't we don't roll like that. Uh Jason is on Twitter at IMLD JTG and we will definitely have our picks for you before the game starts, before the game kicks off. We will tell you what we think of this uh Fal- uh Packers Cardinals game uh coming up tomorrow night, which is should be a real fun one. 
All right. Uh, he is Jay. I am Dre. This has been a much less detailed podcast recapping week seven. And I will be back with you guys, like I said, probably Sunday morning to give the picks for week eight, riding solo and giving you Jason's picks and look at week eight as well. And I will be on Halloween day, which we would usually have our scary spooky picks for Halloween, but we won't be doing that this year. But uh, this was spooky enough. Week seven was scary and spooky enough for, for all of our frightening fears of football. So uh, we don't need any more spook, but uh, in any event, uh, everyone enjoy your game tomorrow and our Halloween on Sunday. And I will be back to talk to you on Sunday and give our picks for week eight. Talk to you then. <laughs>